0: oh hey oh hey how's it going gary peterson
1: how you doing kevin tinkin
0: i'm doing real good welcome to uh oh hey the (laughs) podcast where i sit down with my friends and have a regular ass motherfucking conversation is shit uh if you like what you're listening to make sure to go and subscribe and leave a review and uh you know compliment me a lot because uh don't don't we need it i need it we gotta have it Gotta get it. Oh, uh, Gary, I'm glad to have you on because I think we both suffer. Mm. Um, we're sufferers.
1: Suffering. Of
0: the self-conscious and uh, hating jobs that we work hard at.
1: Life is suffering, and we are good at life. There it is.
0: I keep farting. I apologize. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> how the hell are you, Gary Peterson? You're. I mean, I can tell you're distracted already. I'm a
1: little distracted. Kevin. What's going down? No, I'm, I'm cool. I'm just, uh, I'm, no. I'm hating hating life in, in so many different regards.
0: Well, Gary is a hilarious comedian, as you can <laughs> tell uh, right off the bat. <laughs> He's just a man of uh, just constant humor. And uh, no, I love you, Gary. Uh, and, uh, I mean, real shit happens. You, I know you, uh, you uh, we've talked a lot about going to work. And I know you had to pay off a bunch of debt. Ugh, and at the same so time, you moved out here from uh, Chicago. Boston. Nope. <laughs> it was Chicago and uh, <laughs> from Boston. <laughs> I can't do the good Boston accent. You really can't. Bo- it's, I know it's not Boston. It's like Baston. Yeah. Right? Baston. Baston.
1: Baston.
0: Baston. Baston. Bahastin-baked <laughs> Uh But okay, so... Uh, Habba. How long have you been out here in uh, Los Angeles? Three, two? Pro-
1: approximately like two and a half.
0: Two and a half. And before that, you were in Bahastin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then before that, you were in purgatory.
1: I, I didn't exist.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you were born in Boston. hmm Okay. And uh, this was 1967 approximately
1: yeah. when were, what how
0: old are you or when were you born i mean what time is it <laughs> let's see <laughs> seven forty-one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't a gentleman never reveals his age i've always believed that i think you know that about For, me oh you? i
0: get it look i'll
1: i'll you're answer trying, i'll answer questions you're trying to get those high age.
0: school roles <laughs> i just
1: think you'll treat me differently if you find out i'm a freshman
0: well i uh i will i will uh those underclassmen <laughs> i'll start hazing you immediately i'll start paddling your ass uh no. which i always wanted to uh <laughs> no i mean i'm 38 so i mean Kevin. i'm old as shit in hollywood years in hollywood years in hollywood years i tell people i'm 29 <laughs> <laughs> you could pass
1: for 32
0: I could, I could. I mean, uh, I could pass uh, as a straight man. I've been told.
1: I've looked forty-five for twenty years.
0: I mean, that's the nice, but that can be. (laughs) You can use that to your advantage because you, you know, you could have a. You can come from a place of wisdom, which I think you have a lot of. Uh, We'll see. Well, I think you do. (laughs) I don't think I have anything. You have beautiful dimples, by the way, Gary. I'm.
1: I'm just trying to do my my best yeah is that valve oil on the table Does somebody play trumpet here
0: uh no this is uh this is vape oil oh uh, all this right because for my constant addiction to nicotine this is how i stay positive mm. just
1: is that your sponsor
0: <sighs> hell yeah we were sponsored by milkman vape juice uh the <laughs> salt nicotine for oh. when you can't get that delicious cigarette you really want
1: what a disgusting name <laughs> milkman, milkman yeah and vape juice in the same sentence come
0: on it's named after my father <laughs>
1: your dad milkman he's, Tinkin.
0: yeah yeah old milkman tinken M- milkman
1: triple a ball right
0: yeah 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 he's a triple a ball player uh yeah he uh one of the only ball players that was allowed to play uh semi pro in the minor leagues with a wheelchair um, a lot of people don't know that. He was
1: milkman uh, tanking up at the plate.
0: Yeah, he was great at uh, uh, diving. <laughs> it was really, fun. but then he'd have to have somebody come help him, you know, back into his chair. Um, Did but
1: they he, call that murder myself ball?
0: <laughs> murder ball. It's a motorized chair, too. That's the thing that's really, uh, it's you know, it's supercharged, but uh, he could really feel the ball, I'll tell you. Uh, but, okay, so you grew up in Boston.
1: My grandmother's in a wheelchair. Let's talk about that.
0: Is she? How how long has she been in a wheelchair? How long she has she been a wheelchair?
1: She's been in one since she was 21, and she is 80 years old now. Oh,
0: really? Accident?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not a joke. Tobogganing accident. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been crippled, as they said, uh, ever since, and didn't let her stop her. Slowed her down for a couple years. But yeah. She does more that, than everybody still.
0: Is she paraplegic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, my brother-in-law is uh, quadriplegic, so he's twice as good. Um, <laughs> not to one-up you or anything, but, you know, he's, uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty brutal, but it doesn't have to stop you.
1: No, it, it certainly didn't for her, and yeah. she kicks everybody's ass on, in terms of productivity yeah. and things that she's able to do and everything else. My grandfather designed the house was a little bit lower, so she could cook, clean, do all the stuff to that That's makes awesome. her like a fully functioning person in her mind, and she um never stops. She so just had a heart at, uh, a, a second like three heart surgeries in within the span of four weeks. But she's in her nineties, 80, eighty, 80 Just turned eighty in July, and um and she's still pushing along. But she she talked to me about like that stigma and how people like when you're in a wheelchair, people just talk to you different. And I have glasses, which are just like a face wheelchair, so people. <laughs> think that I have some sort of a, <laughs>
0: a, a disease or wisdom. Sir, can, do we need to get you closer uh, so you can see the screen I, I'm better? i are, are you sure? I'm fine here. Everybody gets real close to your face. And then I'm like, who's talking? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not deaf. I'm blind. I'm pretty rough. I'm the only one in my family that doesn't wear glasses. in really? My immediate family. Both my kids and my wife wear glasses.
1: How did it skip you?
0: Uh Well, you know. Uh, you white knuckle through it. I white knuckle through it. You know what I do is I like I punch my eyes uh, and to get them just back into shape. And I uh, I do I I do a lot of muscles. A lot of uh, I do a lot of uh, um, Al Pacino impressions to really get my eyeballs in shape. <laughs> like, you just really squint, you know, and it works. You know, it gets the job done. No, I, I always wanted glasses. What are you doing here, Jim? <laughs> I can't do. Are you talking to me? That's about it. That's, that's the only thing I can that's do. That's De Niro. I, well, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't do it. I can't do it. Hoo-ah. That's serious. Uh, is that is that Pacino? Yeah. Okay. He is uh breathy impression. And oh, it's, that's right. <laughs> I smell a woman. That's. I think that's, <laughs> that's about as far as it goes for me. <laughs> Okay, so you grew up in Boston. Your grandma's in a wheelchair, tobogganing accident doesn't slow her down. Grandfather's a brilliant architecture slash carpenter. Uh, <laughs>
1: he's he's a he's a uh, uh, sh- I mean every man type uh, construction you can think of. Yeah, but um, specifically he was in the sheet metal workers union, so he he can engineer lots of stuff, but doesn't have a mind to like explain it in a lot of ways.
0: Is yeah. That- that's always even fun though, for a even kid though he was a vocational teacher for
1: several years
0: i don't know just do it i failed you uh, uh, so uh boston how long have you been doing stand-up or how long you, well let me ask you this how long have you uh have you always been in the creative vein were you doing this in high school junior high i
1: started when i was in uh high school okay so i was about 16 yeah but i mean years wise i only log um when I came out of high school, even though I was doing it, but like you're, you you just can't count that seriously. If you can only have one show a year, even if you're sort of writing wow. it, it's like, I, so I only count like 14 years.
0: That's still a long time.
1: It is. And, and fucking up for, for a lot of it. Cause you don't know what you're doing.
0: Well, I think you, uh, uh, and it doesn't help, you know, that, uh, being creative is coupled with, uh, crippling depression. Mm-hmm. uh a part of the time which uh i struggle with which we've related uh to a lot uh we've related on uh multiple uh mm-hmm. times just going uh, i mean we are just walk past each other with both of our heads you know scraping on the cement <laughs> oh, hey hey you all right no me neither <laughs> <sighs> i'll see you in there <laughs> it's, it's so like, draining it really is
1: to be around yourself that's that feeling that way? Yeah. Somebody told me a couple like little depression tips, and this is for all your listeners out there, mm-hmm. is uh, there's like like clean your room because you'll still, uh, some some girl wrote to her mom. Yeah. Um,
0: Another Peterson. Saying, uh, Jordan Peterson said that.
1: Really? Yeah. It was like you still might be depressed, but at least your room is clean. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, it gives you a, a sense of... Uh, of uh, power and mm-hmm. control, you know, cause you can control your environment a little bit. Jordan Peterson's whole point is that it's like, uh, especially with this generation that's all online and they're just like spouting the truth and trying to fix the whole world with their tweets. Uh, meanwhile, uh, they have shit in their pants. Like, they may have literal shit in their pants or their room's a mess. Yeah. None of their personal life is, is going. And so then you feel completely out of control because you're constantly reading about all these, the world's problems. Yeah. And then, uh, so cleaning your room, yeah, you get uh, a little bit of control. Now, will I do that? No. I refuse. Uh, my car is going to be dirty. <laughs> and my room is, I'll well, thank God for my wife. You know, she cleans up after me. I'm just like the third kid. Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty bad.
1: My car, I just cleaned my car and... And it's, I'm sort of maintaining that. And that's good. My room that's is good. a bit of a mess.
0: Yeah. Clean it up.
1: I should just fucking take 35 minutes yeah. to dust, fucking pick up, organized, chuck. Yep. And I'll feel a million times better. Chuck Peterson. Chuck. <laughs> that's what they call me. Uh, old
0: Chuck. Old Chuck Peterson. So you're doing stand up from the time you were 16.
1: Yeah. How long have you been doing it? How big is your dick?
0: uh not that long i've been doing it since i was 30 so i uh i i got a late start um mm. after a, a contemplation of suicide uh no shit uh i went and hit an open mic and started feeling better oh, how was that set uh honestly it was good thank <laughs> god um yeah
1: we don't recommend it for the listeners out yeah there? i mean i'm still doing a lot went, of those jokes it went bad
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if it went bad
0: Dude, it could have been. It could have been pretty bad. Yeah,
1: you don't don't for the for people that are depressed. Comedy is not the answer to your problems. It is a great thing. Yeah, and depression will not be a, a cure for it. Self care is the cure for it. Like you know, Gary Goldman's tips that are out there. Yeah, yeah. One of them is like, don't uh, if you are depressed. Like focus your energy and time on getting healthy because no amount of stage time or things in like this business are going to help you well i just 100 percent right you
0: just gotta get jfl and then all your problems will be fixed oh yeah you know get just for laughs comedy festival and you know no more uh antidepressants you know your dick will start working again it's uh it'll be great such Uh,
1: horseshit i've auditioned and i almost titled my video for it this year I've, i've i've auditioned in person i've auditioned in video form for 11 years jesus and I'll tell you, at this point, yeah, I'm considering titling my video Annual Rejection. <laughs> uh,
0: because people
1: have stuck their neck outs, yeah. necks out to so be like, hey, look at Gary. Right. I have not been a smarmy jerk about it. Yeah. Um, but it, it is not easy to take a no with grace and dignity.
0: Yeah.
1: How many um have you have you have you launched back at anybody that's like, strung you along with a maybe 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 no or or maybe 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 maybe
0: i never launch back i don't have the balls uh it's always better not
1: to because then you don't have to apologize for yeah anything in the heat of the moment
0: like well fuck you then Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah no i this year i thought i was gonna get something because i had three strong recommendations and i was like oh this year will be this will be the year that i at least get an uh, an actual you know an audition or i'll make the finals or something but you know joe blow who's you know 12 days in just did his first set or sh- her first set or whatever they them's first set uh they ended up you know actually getting the whole thing so it's it's uh i always i just get so agitated but i mean it's it's a it's a pointless thing to even worry about and this, get frustrated about
1: it's you know what it is it's almost like the 21 conundrum when you're not 21 everything you're not able or invited or legally set to do that mm-hmm. Das is for Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden. Don't go there. Don't yeah, eat, that whole thing of what you don't have, you want.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, big time.
1: Because before I ever, and before, and I'm banking before you ever, or before anyone in this business that's really doing it ever did comedy. Not once in our minds did we think, well. I had to do that comedy festival in fucking Canada. Oh, I didn't even
0: know what it was. I didn't even think about it.
1: None of us knew. Yeah, none of us did it. There's a banging,
0: a lot of banging going on upstairs. Um, you know, Jace is a playboy. You know, uh, we're in the <laughs> in the garage of Jace Avery and Ben Avery's house, and there's a lot of fucking that goes on in the living room. And I just try to push it out of my brain. Uh, but yeah, the, I think the. It's, it's pointless to worry about that stuff and to get frustrated. You just keep doing your shit. And yeah. luckily, you know, the internet exists. There's also st- the thing that's really, I think it's like bittersweet is there's so many avenues to get discovered now, which is great. But that means also there's so many avenues to get rejected through now. Sure. So it's like, oh, yeah, I can fail on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Not only just in person. Now I could fail everywhere. But it's also you could possibly, you know, succeed through those.
1: What? In your uh, wheelhouse, yeah. can you shine? And it's a question. Excuse me. It's a question that I've asked myself. Like, what is something that would be not laborious to do? Yeah. Something that I could put out stuff that I would be proud of, and then use. If if success is the byproduct, yeah, great. And then give myself a timetable of like, okay, I'm going to have this out for 52 weeks or et cetera. Jimmy Calloway and I thought up of a podcast, which we're going to start releasing, um, in a couple weeks, hopefully.
0: If you need any post-production tips,
1: uh, probably, I I mean, got your back, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to be called altered states with Jimmy and Gary. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, we go state by state in order of statehood from the first to number 50 plus all the, uh, the territories after that. Um, and we go with bands from that state, bands that might be together, n- not together. That's awesome. We play some of their music that we like, don't like, don't know, hate, and openly riff on. Um, and we just kind of have fun. And we we put uh, we are going to have eleven in the can next week. Oh, um, perfect! So we're gonna we're gonna start uh, you know releasing them hopefully maybe once a week. Jimmy um, knows so much about music too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's super knowledgeable and just a great uh, um person that i can push around on my what what
0: a pushover that guy you gotta have somebody you push around you know that's very good no he was like we just we get we get each other we're like best buds that's great i like jimmy he was the only guy that would like communicate about the ripping and skipping podcast i did with evan that was on this feed previously like we get a thousand listens a week you know give or take and i would be like please somebody out there send me an email just say hi anything and he and, would do it, and he would be the guy that would wow. send it out. But that was about it.
1: That's and, why I love Jimmy so much. He's, yeah, he's, he's a very thoughtful adult person. Yeah, and, and as you and I uh, have been around, you know, we know comics in this business—they're lazy. Uh, they're not adults, right? They're, uh, you know, it's it's very frustrating to make creative stuff with people that act creatively.
0: Well, <laughs> even in a more base level, it's hard to have a conversation with half of the people um, because you just can't get past the. Base level like riff or mm-hmm. whatever and or it's either the riff or the depression or the for me it's usually the depression or whatever that uh you just can't get down to a real conversation just like a regular loose hey what's up bro yeah not much man We you want to get some lunch you want to do you know just it's always like what's up man oh you know just uh uh, or, or it's, or I, yeah, I've been working on this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, constant things uh, to get past like the a actual, listing. Yeah. As a, opposed
1: to a what person, are we, a substance yeah. of, of human value. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast too, is just to kind of have convos, you know, straight up convos mm-hmm. uh, with my, with my bro bros. Um, and I love rhyming. And that's the other reason I wanted to start doing this so I could have a documentation of all the rhyming.
1: With all of your timing yeah. and other evaluations, <laughs>
0: that's right. It's easy to get stymied, um, <laughs> I can't do with it with your rhyming. Yes, yes. Uh, well, okay. So, Boston, uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to keep this this golden thread of your history going sure. through here. When did you When did you win uh, uh, the the funniest man in the world uh, award in Boston? <laughs> 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 I remember that ha right wasn't it the, the most hilarious person to ever live? Uh Boston's most comical human entity of all time.
1: <laughs> the the exact title was Better Than You. Oh really? 2016. No. That's
0: that would be a great contest.
1: It was um it was not a contest. Uh-huh uh it was a magazine um just names okay um people uh or restaurants or things like here's the best restaurant here's the best this that here's yeah. the best comedy club best comedian i didn't know i didn't know i was even anywhere near a running of this and you know it was kind of i like, hadn't
0: even started yet
1: i know it was, <laughs> it was it was it was very bizarre because about like uh four years prior I had been nominated for a contest. It was mm-hmm. a free uh, newspaper print. Did I tell you this before? No. It was for the Boston Phoenix. It was called uh, Phoenix Funniest Comedian. And they had like six or seven people. You could vote every day. I'd voted for myself, shamelessly, of course. Of course. And, uh, you have to. and I thought like, oh, what what, what a cool first sort of credit type thing. It was like 2012. And uh, a bunch of friends were voting, voting, voting. The day they're going to release uh, Boston Phoenix Funniest um. paper goes out of business nice announces <laughs> shutting our doors our free paper model has not worked out <laughs> huh who do the thunk that's um, interesting maybe you could should car- charge the nickel I don't know no um, so this artsy fartsy newspaper is done and of course I need answers right so I I call
0: yeah yeah <laughs> she- Again, you're packing up boxes.
1: I hear, I hear people. (laughs) I hear like, I hear like all the noises going on, like whole lives being packed. I'm like, hey, my name is Gary. Um, Do you know if they have the results of the latest communion? Like they have it in a a room with like ballots being counted out. And this guy, I swear to God, is just like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, someone will get back to you. And I go, okay, my name. And he hung up. Without taking my name or number. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no one's ever going to get back to me. No. And I think the website is still, the domain still exists. Like they had it purchased probably like till 2030. Someone's got auto pay on. You can still like vote for me. Oh, that's great. So I gave, uh, uh, there's a video somewhere deep in the internet of me giving um, the acceptance speech if I had won the award and the rejection speech. If you hadn't, if I hadn't, what I say, that's good. Um, and I give both side by side, so you see um, so how I feel. That's good. And then, flash forward four years later, uh, this magazine that is still around. They charged. Um, <laughs> they uh, what, what they, a concept. They named me a funniest uh, comic. It was. It was a stellar year for me. This is the year I would leave Boston. Um, I left my girlfriend at the time, which is was great. She was a hateful, awful person. And, uh, and opened for Louis, who everybody uh, liked at the time. Yeah. And um, was named this all within like a month yeah. or so. And I was like, all right. I'm moving to La La Land. Mm-hmm. I had planned to. And this these other three things, this was like my second time working with Louis and, and first big sort of awardy thing. Yeah. But um, have you ever won sort of or been granted or given any sort of accolades? Nope. Because you're, you're extremely funny, and I don't say this to force a compliment or anything from you. <sighs> I'll I take mean it. this in all sincerity. You're a person that if I'm on a lineup and I see, uh, oh, Kevin's on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. That is a good... They're bringing the heat. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping my own personal game up. That's part of why you got to move out I like of, that. of a place like Boston. Yeah. Not that anybody wasn't challenging me. It's just that I had done everything I could there. Right. And now I'm going to go be around a lot of different people with different skills that are at different levels, which are really good, like you and wow. like i appreciate other folks i think it's just you and sebastian and that's it that's all
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's actually i hear that a lot uh it's me and (laughs) sebastian Maniscalco. no the uh uh, i won uh the only contest i've ever won was when i was five years old um i there was a radio contest to see who could announce uh the local radio host which was john lee walker mm-hmm and you would call into the radio station and you would say, you know, what you're supposed to say. And so I call and I like John Lee Walker in the morning and I got picked. And Whoa. I yeah, I won tickets to uh, I think it was Magic Mountain that I didn't get to use because it was too short. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was cool. Uh, and then in high school, I was voted uh, uh, junior high, high school, almost. I was always the class clown. I'd get, uh, you know, in the yearbook oh, or whatever. I still wanted that, but I wasn't that guy. And then in high school, it was the most likely to be the next Adam Sandler. That was my. Uh, That's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. How
1: about who? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honey, why don't you get some lotion for your cock and balls? That's, I used to listen to that album. They're all good. Relig- yeah, religiously. With, uh, because I'm the old, there was a couple of guys that were a few years older than me that would listen to that in the parking lot and they'd open up their doors and blare it. Mm. And, uh, well, he's got some cock and some balls. <laughs> I
1: listened to that with my whole family when I was like oh, second grade. Why they bought it for me, they were like, oh, a Hanukkah song. And yeah. they played that fucking something.
0: I wish I had some oh. more humor in my family because my family was like, when I was like, I want to be a comedian, they were kind of uptight. They were just Christians, you know? So they were just like, real churchy stuff you know steven curtis chapman and and then they 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 bought me this album like uh uh bob smiley i think was a guy and mm. there was a there's a couple of uh, Mar- uh mark lowry who had this did parody songs from the bible like your nose is like a tower mm. and uh just weird ray s- stevens uh i don't think i knew ray stevens uh high tops mm. uh salty praise songs uh but nobody was funny like my family was funny like i'm brothers and sisters but that was like it
1: why is it that christianity is notoriously like because carlin's catholic right and he talks about it and it's very 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 funny yeah this stuff with his personal class clown or autobiographical stuff um the but there's just christian based comedy there is a sucking of life out of it. Maybe they just need a better. Maybe they have too many hacks. Well, I they think they don't it's, have a better vetting system. And uh, it's it's Christian. Sen- as you, I know what you're talking about. Christian sense of humor in a family. It's a little like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't say those things. Right. We don't watch The
0: Simpsons. Right. We They're don't. Not in oh, this house. Simpsons are bad.
1: Like satire. Anything. Re- yeah. Like questioning and being ridiculous is what comedy is about.
0: Right. Well, there's so much. Uh, so much of it is authenticity too, <laughs> and like uh, you know, kind of truth. And I think the majority of mainstream Christianity is so full of shit um, that it's like ridiculous. You have to get behind closed doors in a group of like just your five of your closest friends for anybody to admit that they want to have sex. Ugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just and as opposed to just talking about it when they do talk about it. It's like it's bad.
1: And they so, have to feel bad about it. Yeah. So
0: as a Christian comedian, if you go on stage and you're just like, I mean, I I, I was a quote unquote Christian comedian for about a year. The first year that I started and I was doing an hour because people wanted me to do stand up who knew me from the church that I went to because the church was a big church. And so when I started doing stand up, people like, oh, it's the guy from the announcement videos, because I was doing a lot of like, you know, funny videos or we do Mm -hmm. uh, we take plays that were intended for fifth and sixth graders. And then we'd film them, and then you know I would improvise everything always because I that's just I don't know I'd always done that. I had a tape recorder when I was in third grade, and like that's I don't know. And so when I started doing stand up, there was all these people are like, oh, the guy, the Christian guy. He's a it's a Christian, and I'd always struggled with being a Christian and then being myself. Hmm. So then uh, I started getting booked for all these you know backyard graduations or like a junior high event like go up and uh, i remember one of the introductions was uh, and, and now kevin tinket to bless you with some of his comedy wisdom
1: oh. that was one of
0: my introductions and uh i just never did you bless them i don't think so i <laughs> matter of fact that particular one was for a uh, it was for a thank you dinner for volunteers of uh differently abled people um so it was like at this uh this place where my mother-in-law works called Mm. break the barriers Mm. and i was supposed to be doing comedy i was supposed to do i think 20 minutes of comedy i think i did about seven because i got up there and i was just like i couldn't do it i'm looking at my mother-in-law i'm looking at all these great kind sweet gentle-hearted people and i just couldn't because i mean the jokes that i would do that would give me one so like
1: i would do and this is judgment free I do I can't oh, speak yeah. for the
0: listeners. I remember just being like, you know, hey guys, I uh and <clears throat> I won't I won't ham it up because I sometimes will ham it up for you know it's post Christianity or whatever, post like Do it do church. it real. Do it real. And
1: let's let's take it a scene. Let's just I don't know if I let's can let's do, do an it. acting exercise. Okay. Okay. Uh, because you you've auditioned, I failed an audition recently. <laughs> and you're a better actor, clearly. I um, would
0: I, I just remember there was I'll wh-
1: be an audience of smiling Christian thankful folks
0: okay okay uh, And
1: you will walk in and start your set we'll, we'll get a, just a couple lines okay and okay. you end the scene with a with a you know a hand gesture <laughs> and when you're in your motivation yeah i'm your mom i booked you see i don't like this already you want to do a half hour <laughs> um you think this is your big break you're you've been doing comedy uh, less than a year, I'm guessing.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Less
1: than a year, you have, you think you have twenty, you literally have nothing.
0: I, I have nothing. So uh, come
1: out and be as
0: authentic and real. Well, I'll do an example ready? of one of the jokes be, that I be used real. to do. It like, uh, I, guys, I, uh, I'm a Christian. You know, I, uh, I, I read the Bible. I believe. You know, uh, you know Noah and the Ark, and Christ died and raised on the third day, and what I got to tell you. There's one particular part in the scriptures. I have a little trouble believing. And, uh, you know, hey, you know, I'm just being honest with you guys. But, you know, they say in, in creation that Adam, you know, uh, Eve ate the apple. And then she gave it to Adam and he ate the apple. And they realized that they were naked and they covered themselves. And this is where they lose me is uh, they say that they covered themselves with a, a fig leaf. Really? A fig leaf. So you're completely naked in the garden with all the different foliage, you know, foliage you can have, and you choose to cover your most delicate parts with the most sandpaper-like leaf <laughs> on the planet? <laughs> I'm not buying it. That was so that was that was one of them.
1: Uh ladies and gentlemen, Kevin uh, Tianke. Oh yeah, yeah. Blessed us. I I love that joke. That's a great joke. I I think I think you have maybe attached a stigma of a life you don't want anymore. Yes. Do yes. it, but that's uh, unbiased opinion is keep doing that joke that's i used
0: joke. i used to do it uh because i would sit down and i'd be like i'm gonna write mm-hmm. i'm gonna write comedy that's that can be for everybody or whatever but then i would like think like okay it's some am um, you know, these church gigs mm-hmm. and uh, i remember the one of the, the first jokes that i ever wrote down was like about sodom and gomorrah and then i'm like i can't i can't do this joke but it was essentially that Lot's wife, you know, they're running out of Sodom and Gomorrah because God told them, you know, we got to get out of here. And then, and then uh, Lot's wife turned around and she turned into a pillar of salt because she turned back and looked at her sin. And and (laughs) so, this is the joke that I wrote that I, then I was like, this kind of is not good. Uh, Like, it won't fit into the Christian thing. (laughs) But it was like, uh, it says she turned around and God turned into a pillar of salt. I always thought, did she turn around? You know, the the Bible, I think the lesson is, you know, you want to look back on your sin. Uh, you know, so it was it like that she heard an explosion, she turned around and God was like, oh, salt. And I I don't think so. I think if the, the Bible's trying to teach us, you know, that she was looking back on her sin, it means that she, you know, she's running away. It's burning, you know, all the sodomies going on and whatnot. And the Lord's just lighting it up, you know, on fire and just fusing dicks to buttholes and, and it just, uh, uh, blow. And then, you know, she's catching her breath, you know, her hands on her knees and she looks up and she looks back. And she goes, man. I'm really going to miss that stuff. <laughs> and then salt. And I was like, so that was like one of those things I was like, I can't, that's not, I can't do that at a church. No, you can't, but I it's can't. good. <clears throat> but, uh, so I did it. I've done it later at other places. And then I really go into the description of what was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> there.
1: That's a fun, I mean, that's a joke. I'll, I'll, I made you uncomfortable forcing you to do comedy that you don't like right. anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to
0: reciprocate yeah you're gonna get uncomfortable
1: i used to do um i'm
0: gonna turn this fan down real quick i sure be,
1: sure 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 keep talking keep talking. sure sure um the worst uh thing in the beginning when the career started of like the venture i should say not career because i wasn't getting paid the adventure of comedy. The adventure comedy when you're going to open mics. Yeah. Um. One of the stupidest things that I would do is is mistake like trying to get attention for, um, trying to get attention instead of like writing a good joke or set. Yeah. Because you still don't know what you're doing. I was floundering. You didn't take like a class or anything or have any guidance. So you, yeah, me neither. I had this stupid bit called the world's best end zone dance and it was uh new england patriots winning super bowl um tom Brady, to Troy brown so this would be the 2001 team um that i was quoting even though they hadn't been that team for seven years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i would give birth to a microphone <laughs> and then i would Cut the cord like it was a cord, but I was the a, umbilical cord. I was a, I was an angry woman giving birth. Mm-hmm. I also then switch places with my legs up as the microphone came out. Then I would cut the cord. I think I only did it twice. And a, I ran my time, which is a sin. I yelled at as soon as I got off stage. I do that a lot. And uh, b, it's the only thing my friends ask me about if I still do oh, it, dude. Like it's been fourteen years, guys.
0: That's the that is one of the weirdest things for me is all my like Fresno. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Mexican dudes. Mm-hmm. A lot of my buddies. I was like, I, a lot of times I'd be like one of three white dudes in you know at the mic or at the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the jokes that my buddies will ask me to do will be my race based jokes. <laughs> so like my buddy Chris Cruz, like dude, you got to do that one. Mexicans celebrating uh, New Year's. Or Fourth of July or like yeah, I think it's celebrate New Year's with uh, guns, but back when they had muzzle loading rifles, cause I used to do this bit where I was like, you know, Mexicans love shooting the gun off, you know, for New Year's. And <laughs> I was going in there shooting it off, ha, doing the uribas and whatnot. And uh, you know, it's just going on back when they had muzzle loading rifles, and then I would do like the ah and I would mock out like taking the 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 barrel loader out and putting the gunpowder in and biting the paper and putting the the beads in and then shoving it down and then pulling the thing back out cocking the deal putting the gunpowder into the the deal and then shooting it off one time and start the whole thing over the process the whole time. and my buddy's like I love that joke man and I I do it out here and there's like a bunch of white people like that is offensive and I'm just like it's good what my Mexican friends keep asking me to do. It's a physical joke. It's very physical, and it's it's a stupid joke. Yeah. The other thing that pisses me off, Gary what <laughs> what gets you? Let me going? tell you what what's a bee in your bonnet? Kevin? I've always done a lot of voices. Mm-hmm. I've always done a lot of voices, impressions, act outs, weird stuff, and it wasn't like I was uh, going through like a a, a a table of contents or uh, the different devices to do comedy, mm-hmm. act outs, voices, impressions. It was just as a kid, I would always do that. That's just how yeah. I would communicate. And uh, especially uh, because as like a good Christian boy growing up, um, I didn't want to say anything that was mean. So if I would say something that was mean or in like- In a different voice. Do it in a different voice. It's do it not as, you. It's not me. It's somebody yeah. else. So I, I mean, that came very what naturally. A, what a good trick, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I, I still do it. Uh, if you
1: makes If you make the teachers laugh. You can get away with anything. Murder. Another, another rule.
0: I. I mean, I murdered a kid once, and <laughs> then I made the kids. I made the teacher laugh. And it was no. I like so. But then I come out. I do comedy, and I'm doing a lot of like. I couldn't really figure out how to incorporate the voices mm-hmm. into stand up. And then when, especially when I moved out to Los Angeles, people are just like, "Oh, that's for that's only only assholes do uh, 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 impressions and voices." and i so i don't know it says that nobody says that it's just like that perception you know what i mean would anyone say that to maria bamford <clears throat> yeah i actually i'll say it to her face <laughs> like only dumbasses do this shit let's no. get her on the phone uh i love maria bamford i'm so jealous of you guys to get and hang out with her uh jealousy is the wrong word but i'm it's like it's more like excited uh I, just like it's just it's just nuts to me that uh, jealous
1: is the right word uh, it's it?
0: probably jealous yeah um
1: look you can be her <coughs> friend too no she's a person nope.
0: nope nope i can't do it nope uh it always cracks me up that brian voki gets is, is in her vicinity hmm. just because i just i was like has she never ever heard you speak is that <laughs> has she <laughs> does she not know who you are at all um, uh. uh, and then uh you know the great thing about brian is he never listens to anything so uh, I don't have to worry about him listening to this at all. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that always kind of blows me away. Like, has she heard any of your comedy? Like, and then he'll tell me, like, oh, yeah, "I yeah, ran that one by Maria. She she liked it." I was just like, "I don't believe you. I don't believe that you ran your Nazi. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, the tattoo. The Nazi tattoo. The 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 one about. Um, uh, couldn't it just have been six million and one? Uh Uh, about uh what's his Roman plans yeah about Roman Polanski and stuff like I don't believe it I don't don't think she's cool with it don't Uh, buy it pal yeah but uh that always cracks me up but uh
1: what do you what do you fear deep down let's get right into that
0: (sighs) let's get into it folks here we go I don't
1: want to talk about Brian Voke anymore not on record
0: oh I appreciate it I appreciate it Uh, let's
1: get into our fears I'll open first open water
0: Ugh. Oh, see that's i, I see that's too i i, I, I f- honestly i feel like that's a softball answer
1: because
0: that's such a tangible thing because open water i mean sure it's the uncertainty but it, it's specifically sharks oh yeah yeah i'm not a fan of uh of deep water um i was even uh, shallow dude I, i'll take a shallow water we're talking about what it what at what point is it too deep two feet two feet you get scared most most attacks happen in like three four Three feet or less. <laughs> Most children drown in less than
1: an inch of water. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's one of those like you're unravel. I'm I'm obsessed with and fearful of the shark community.
0: I am afraid of snakes. Really? Uh, I don't like snakes. I had a lot of uh, I used to have a lot of nightmares about snakes. Um, so do you
1: think that goes to your your biblical upbringing?
0: No, 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 no.
1: Did you ever have to? Did you ever get? I know this is not. Uh, this is not a, a question to be meant as slight, but it's a serious one. Is is were you in snake handling? Uh, no, 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 Christianity. No, no, no. We because yeah. there's a good movie about snake handlers. Really, that just came out with Walt Walton Goggins.
0: Yeah, this is Walton Goggins. Do you know <laughs> what that? a weird name. Do you know that? No, I don't know. I don't know that
1: he's uh he's one of the bad guys in uh, Django Unchained. He's a uh, vice principal's across from Danny McBride. Oh yeah, he's great. He's. He's really great. He's he's actually he's really funny too. He's got that slow southern Yeah, yeah. He just lays it draw.
0: No, I I the the church I went to was so uh it was like if you took a college course on trying to interpret what what the Bible was saying, and so it was very straightforward. A lot of the there were a lot of the weird stuff wasn't in there. What was uh,
1: what was the denomination?
0: I mean, it was uh, it was registered Baptist, but it was only because we had to register with something. But it was mostly kind of a non-denominational. It was more like a biblical Christian. Mm. So uh, the basic tenets of what that means is, you know, we believe that all Scripture was God-breathed or inspired by God, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus is the Son of God. He also is God, and he's also the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all three in one, uh, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again on the third day. Those are the big things. Uh, as far as baptism is concerned, um, baptism is not a condition for salvation. Mm. Those were the those were the big tenets. Like it was a basically baptism was a, a, a proclamation of your faith to the people around you, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Uh, it didn't hinge on your salvation. So if you didn't get baptized, you still could go to heaven. Um, uh, but that yeah, you're essentially you were saved by faith alone. You know through Christ alone, grace alone. That's it. Um, so it was kind of all the weird stuff of like speaking in tongues or. Uh, you know uh, being filled with the spirit there was none of that stuff i played my drums i was able to be stupid in videos and uh i stuck around for a long time because of that you know um
1: i i honestly and wholeheartedly have never felt faith and i always felt ashamed mm-hmm. and feeling like that i'm missing something that everybody has yeah but i I know, like, a couple tenements of, like, life that you don't want to be a liar. Right. You shouldn't. It's a bad thing. And if you are, and that's a choice. So lying, saying you feel something when it's not there is, is is bad. Oh, yeah. So a lot of my time when I was a kid, it was, like, planning on trying to find faith. Like, trying to get into a Catholic school and yeah. trying to do this thing and trying to get communion or, or, uh, or um, what's the other one? confirmation yeah yeah and i didn't get either because of my nobody nobody made me and it was good because i didn't and you weren't just, feeling it no i just wasn't feeling it yeah. i feel like if i had been thrown into it that's not to say that i'm i've fallen to other things that i have then been like what the fuck am i doing like, right martial arts with a, a complete psycho oh really um yeah I had like a fucking cobra kai teacher for a oh, few years shit. and i found a really the
0: leg, gary
1: pr- god damn it Pretty much. I had to do this. We did this elimination tournament. My sister reminded me of this the other day where I won the, the sparring. I was a sparring champion for a few years at this. You're a yeah, For sure. Yeah. I, I would, go in there and kick ass. But it was it was not by like weight or age or anything. So like there was a seven-year-old and me left over. How and old I, were you? I was 15 and a half. Okay. 16.
0: So you had beat a seven-year-old's ass.
1: I. three years in a row it was always us (laughs) two and it was like i beat him when he was seven eight and nine and every year i was like again like my sister is like i had to applaud you beating up a child in front of a full room of adults Mm -hmm. and it felt weird to stand there with a trophy being like i did it i fucked him up every time i just launched a a long kick right at his ribs and (laughs) <laughs> and uh and I kept it light. I was just like, I just wanna tap him.
0: Right, get the points. But
1: he would jump forward and I was like, man, oh man. Oof. And is- I and it was always three oh. Three oh. three Yeah. <laughs> Nobody beat me. Oh, that's brutal. Nobody got
0: a point on me. I've always been very competitive, but I would I it eliminates me from actually engaging in a lot of stuff because I want to be the best, even if I haven't practiced at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, they'll be like, You want to play cricket? I'm like, Yeah, sure. I get up, I, what is this game? And they're like, Oh, you're out. I'm like, Fuck. And I'm like, pissed off at myself. I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. They're like, You don't even know what you're doing. I'm like, Yeah, but I should be the best. Right. And it's, I've always been like that. And then I'm like, and I always beat myself up. I won't blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can't play sorry. I can't play Monopoly. Have you?
1: Have, I've been trying to treat bowling like that, like be a thing that I'm. <laughs> it's a pure joy. I'm mediocre, yeah, at and that's okay. And I'm going to compete against other mediocre people. But it started to become a little bit more competitive as time's gone on. Um, you I should w- bowl with me.
0: You should. Bowl. I'm down to bowl. I like bowling. Bowling's fun. Um, I'll get pissed, uh, but I'll hold it in, and you'll be like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> but you'll know. You'll know something's wrong. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm fine. It's bowling. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Why would I get upset about bowling? I, I and can, then I go sit quietly in the corner and brood.
1: Brian and I, I'm I'm four and one over him. Oh, nice. And it's it bothers him. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And these contests where it's like us, we, we go in like as many rounds as we can in the night to see who will win. Uh-huh. And, and I will like blow him out four or five <laughs> games. And he'll get maybe one by like a point. And he'll do there it was, it was one of the last games we had. It was like teetering. He could have maybe won a frame. Yeah. And I needed to throw three straight strikes. And you did it. And
0: it did. Oh and he was like, you son of a bitch. Nobody fucks with a Gary, man. Mm. It was I was like, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you shouldn't have left yourself open.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, I wanna answer the question that you asked about the greatest fear. And fear. I I and I'd like to repose it to you because I think about I think about this uh, um, I mean, I'm a fearful guy. Mm. Uh, it's part of my anxiety. All over your face. I'm terrified. Uh, all over your I, face, boy. I, I am worried <laughs> because, like, I took a big leap, especially when I moved out here. Because I had, when I started doing stand stand-up it, I left everything. You know, I, I really, I stopped going to church, which I invested in my entire life. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was, I was trying to work my way up at T-Mobile. You know, I was a store manager. And uh, you know, I was I once I started doing stand-up, like nothing else mattered. My wife and kids are always a priority, but um, I was so focused on that that literally nothing else mattered. And and making money and anything has kind of just completely gone by the wayside. And I don't even give a shit about or hardly anything except for trying to, you know, make some sort of legacy, some sort of mark with entertainment. And uh It's, it's, uh, it's not good. So my biggest fear is that, I mean, I'm going to turn 40 in a couple of years, which Mm -hmm. is nothing to a guy who's 50, uh, and everything to a guy who's 29, you know, but it's like, I worry that I will never ever make anything happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and that nothing is going to happen and that I'm just going to continue to be in exactly the same position I am now you know uh now when i look back and i can like justify okay you made some big str- you, there's been some cool things that have happened and there's been mm-hmm. some uh big strides that have happened and i've gotten better as a comedian and an improviser and all that shit and i've, I've gotten better at making people laugh and uh you know being less nervous on a microphone or whatever and just doing yeah. this stuff um and uh but at the same time just like it doesn't fucking matter And I worry that it's going to be, you know, that I'm going to have a conversation with my kids, you know, when they're in their 20s or whatever in a career making 10 times as much money as I've ever made Mm -hmm. and just going, dad, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, you know, why, why, what'd you, why'd you do that? And uh, so I worry about that a lot. Um, uh, So that's probably my greatest fear is that I just die in obscurity. Yeah. Um, See, when you say obscurity, you want to get at least notoriety for your comedy i want to be able to buy a house with comedy uh in one way or another if that's a i mean honestly if that's a commercial that's fine you know uh but i want to be able to have something to show for it i mean i have a good demo reel that's getting mm-hmm. old now you know it's like uh but i just want to have something you know what i mean just have have, have done something on some level whether that's You know, I'm going to sound real naive to all the real cool kids when I say this, Mm -hmm. but whether that's, you know, being on the cast of Saturday Night Live or making a movie or something, just something, Um, because my whole life I've 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 been kind of the uh, uh, I've received compliments like you gave me earlier from people. And I've I've had people say really nice things about me and be impressed by my ability my whole life. I've lost friends because. They, you know, have said things like, well, "Before you came around, I was the funny guy in the group, and now you're the funny guy." You know, high school, all these different awards, sort of like live my whole life to be like just almost there, or to have a lot of people go, "You could, you could be really good. You could be a professional tap dancer, mm-hmm. and then you never tap dance professionally, mm-hmm. but you're always a decent tap dancer." Like it just, mm-hmm. I, uh, it, 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 it really haunts me. But at the same time, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that. Uh, you know, I have been manufactured in a way that this is my function is to do what I've been doing in the last, at least in the last eight years um, of just attempting to, you know, be creative and make people laugh and stuff. And that's kind of what I have to do. So I don't feel like I have a choice. I feel like it's what I've got to do. But my fear is that it won't matter in the long run. You Mm know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's why I was like, "Deep water, come on, get the fuck out of here."
1: Yeah, <laughs> failures for sure in there. Um, for me, I I try to evaluate things and see what I've done and if it's working, and um, try to correct the path and and then move from there. Yeah, and uh, and and I'm sort of in a correction stage right now where I'm like, what I've been doing, which is not as much as I should. Oh, of course. Is not working. Um, Why haven't I done as much as I should? Because financially, I've been handcuffed quite a bit.
0: Right. You're in a better place now, right?
1: I'm financially a little smarter, but not in any place comfortable. Um, So what needs to be comfortable? I actually wrote six months ago. I said to myself, I want to pay off. I want to be every credit card needs to be zero. Um, yeah. every debt, uh, car payment, I want to have a different job, um, if I'm going to have a day gig. Yeah. Cause I'm miserable at the one I got. Yeah. And I said, uh, let's do it in 90 days. And I did it and it, all except one, which was a pretty hefty goal, which was like pay off this, this other debt, which is not like interest compounding anything. It was just a friend that was like, gave me a bunch of money. It was like, pay me back whenever you want. Yeah. So I, I continued to pay him uh monthly and 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 that dwindles down. Um, but everything else is in place. So if I can set goals, then I figure a way to accomplish them. Yeah. So now I'm I've got another like set in my head of like, what are my next goals? It's gotta be for whatever next job I have has to be within this field that I've so wanted.
0: That's, yeah, that's been my goal as well. It's like, I I need to have a job, but I don't want to do a job that doesn't help my overall goal.
1: So one thing, I just started writing headlines (coughs) for a satirical uh, online publishing thing that I'm going to submit.
0: Oh, yeah, like Um, the Onion type thing?
1: Yeah, and, and they're taking submissions, and I have a friend that writes for them, so that's a goal who knows and it, last night it just i was like okay i'm gonna go out and, and i'm gonna sit at this bar i have a three beers and sit there and just kind of look at my phone and write out headlines for four hours and i uh, or, or whatever it was the amount of time there just with my head down writing 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 yeah and it was like i got to 42 it's a good number that's amazing i wanted i wanted i, I started with a, well try for 10 mm-hmm. and then i just kept going kept going kept going yeah and out of those volume I'm going to get that. So I think success for me or you or anybody I think could come from just setting expectations and goals on paper, right. following through in different steps and and volume so attempts. Yeah. and also looking what's not working, being af- not afraid of of abandoning what didn't work, right. and move forward. Oh. Like I feel like I wasn't a very good stand up in the last 2 years. And then I started um, doing a little more road shows and I was like okay I, I remember how to do this and yeah. I'm doing longer sets and I'm getting more creative and writing more and and everything else was falling into place I was like oh I just need to do it more right, and take it as seriously as if I don't make new jokes I don't eat.
0: Right. Well it, it's amazing how, uh, how helpful it is because uh, every time I leave town I go oh yeah that's right I'm funny mm-hmm. like every time I leave Los Angeles because like trying to do it here is just an absolute uh it's a nightmare for me um and just you know going to the comedy store and just get uh, here it is i got that 15 16 spot again what do i do and then i go up and do it and then i I can't even get adam to turn his fucking head to like even acknowledge that i'm alive yeah and uh and it's just like it just gets excuse me i keep farting (laughs) that's my new bit that's my that's a new joke i'm working on i just fart in between serious conversations um But, uh, yeah, the, my, my mantra is still, and I, I, I've been making the choice not to use it, unfortunately, uh, is celebrate the effort. And, uh, essentially the idea is that I need to be proud of myself when I'm trying hard. Mm-hmm. And so every time I swing for something, I should celebrate that and go like, good, look at you, you're fucking doing it. You're trying. Um, and then, because if you're celebrating the effort and not the results, then you're essentially in control of your own joy. Um, you know. And so then, you know, if you're sitting back going, vain and going, everything is going on, or whatever, it's like, and then you, you, if you look back and you can say, well, I tried this, I've been doing this, I've been working hard at this, those are the things you should be feeling good about. Mm-hmm. And that's always been helpful to me. And that's, I mean, that was the inspiration for doing ripping and skipping back in the day. And for honestly doing any of the podcasts that I've done, it's just like, look, I'm going to try to do this. And then at the end of the day, I can look back at it and be like, look, I, these are my attempts and it's, you know, good for you. You, you went out there and you got after it. Uh, but it's, I, I just get in my own fucking head. I start looking at the results and I start going, it's for nothing. It's all pointless. And your kids are going to hate you. And your wife's pissed because you don't have a front yard. And, uh, you know, which is not true. Like they're, everybody's fine. Um, but at the same time, I just, it's, you know, you know,
1: you gotta, you gotta be self-aware there's another rip.
0: Um, I apologize. I need a ass microphone. It's all right.
1: Um, you got to be self-aware. You got to look at your results. You got to rise to the challenge and uh, not be afraid to admit when something has failed and move on or fix it and give yourself time frames. So I'm a big believer in long windows of like uh, uh, accomplishment.
0: I'm a big believer in bay windows. There it is. You are an idiot. I am sorry. Do you want to get a
1: hamburger already?
0: No, I am not ready to go yet. We have to get. We have to this. There is an arc. Okay. And we got to get through the arc because right now we're in it. We're, we're in slugging. the fart. fart we're, right. Now. <laughs> we're in the fart arc right now. So you are a big believer in windows. So essentially, just giving yourself like uh, an amount of time, a like,
1: long amount of time. Yeah. Don't set a goal without a realistic time frame of accomplishment, like. I started stand-up comedy with a very unrealistic time frame of accomplishment. Yeah, and I started to get things in place of oh my god, holy shit, dreams yeah. are happening after 12, 13 years of really yeah hard, uh, uh, not knowing what I was doing, work right, grinding, 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 grinding. Right. Uh, so really, really push yourself. Yeah. Do I think I could have done it in four or five years, the stuff that I wound up getting? Maybe if I was more focused, had a better mind, had more of a healthy, uh a balanced life, or maybe got like a a life, um not like was it a life coach or somebody that could yeah. could have directed me more. I had good therapists and this thing started happening. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, it is uh you should invest in you in this shit right yeah how many of our friends actually invest in themselves with like i mean all the shit that they they do to damage themselves and i'm i'm so guilty of this like going out and eating a shitty meal
0: oh yeah i'm about to do it <laughs> well, that's a treat <laughs> okay okay yeah, yeah Yeah. we're gonna eat something <laughs> because we
1: we did this podcast and we had some fun
0: we're gonna treat ourselves we're gonna treat ourselves
1: yeah. um we're not gonna we're not gonna
0: eat poorly well, I might. <laughs> I might. There's a pastrami burger that is, Ooh, is pretty amazing. That at sounds this spot. delicious. And they get those steak fries, which is pretty solid.
1: But we're we're not going to, like how, how much money do you think you put into self-care?
0: Zero. Yeah.
1: And it's like, okay, are you feeling good about yourself? No. Well, <laughs> there you go. So I'm starting to like think about that. I was like, what can I take this paycheck from slinging sales all day? Right. This job that I don't particularly care for or enjoy or want to do in, right. in the morning or the day after. But how can I take that money and put it back in myself? Right. I'm going to go to i I'm going to fly to another city. I'm going to do some comedy there at a college and I'm going to take a car and I'm going to go drive to another city and do four more shows. Hell yeah. Where are you going? I'm going to go to Sioux City, do a little college there and then uh, drive to Kansas City. Do a few shows and uh, that'll
0: be fun. Sioux City. Every time I hear Sioux City, I, I just remember from the Big Lebowski when he's like, You got any sarsaparilla? It's like Sioux City sarsaparilla. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I like an old Southern wisdom boy. Yeah. Dude, why do you have to cuss so much? Do you have to? The
1: fuck you, talk about.
0: I used to, every time I would, I used to record a uh, voiceover for voice one, two, three, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, almost every, every other audition would be like, uh, they're working for a Sam Elliott type voice. So then, <laughs> like, uh, Tim's radiators, the radiator with the heart of America. <laughs> like every, Everything was like, welcome to the on hotel and casino. <laughs> Remember to wipe off your feet when you're leaving the pool area. (laughs) Boudreaux's butt paste. (laughs) No more sticky butts for Boudreaux's butt paste. Two out of three Americans suffer from ass itch. (laughs) Get Boudreaux's butt paste and be a real man. Samsung yeah. cell phone covers. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says American pride like Samsung. <laughs> Everything was like that, uh, but uh, I haven't done those in a long time. But uh, <clears throat> all right, well let's let's cap this off with some good shit.
1: What do you What do you want? What do you need from me? What can I What can I do? Let's take confession.
0: Tell me about uh, one of the highest moments of. Your life, one of the highlights of the Gary Peterson journey. <laughs> <laughs> this is my NPR. One of the highlights of the Gary Peterson journey, uh, as he explained, uh, I saw his li- his eyes began to light up, and the room filled with energy.
1: Um, this would have right. been the uh, the right before I left Boston. Yeah, when I was. I heard Louis CK was around. Yeah,
0: um, yeah was, how did that go down?
1: Uh, so I had op- I had opened for him on a recommendation a year or so prior, mm-hmm. and Richard uh, Pryor. Uh, yep, Richard <laughs> Pryor, Rain Pryor recommended mm. me actually. Um, uh, a club recommended me, um, the comedy studio run by Rick Jenkins, and he put me on a list of Hell yeah of a of a couple comics that got to open for him. So it was me and, and uh, Dan Bulger one night, two shows, and then me. The other night, two shows, and, and uh, I did I did good. Um, and my dad went, and my girlfriend at the time went, and That's it awesome. was like an amazing thing. W- what I think was even better was a couple years later, he was, I think, probably bigger in 2016 than he was. In, Weight-wise? Uh, oh yeah, uh, he was huge. Um, and this was right before it was uh, the New York Times stuff, so everybody right. still agreed he was funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the genius and um and i found out he was gonna be in town girl i was uh seeing right before i was leaving told me he was around uh and asked if i would i knew about it and i found an email from somebody else and hit the management and just out of just out of asking yeah they were like and i was in the middle of a colonial tour so i was in a fucking uh 18th century garb sitting in a cafe waiting for my tour group to come <laughs> out of the old north church <laughs> sending emails and text messaging and then got the the message back yeah you're you're opening tonight
0: dude that's amazing where was it at it was at the it was
1: at uh it would be at the paradise rock club hell yeah and then um uh eliza dushku was there david ortiz i think was in the audience There was like all these celebrities they come they were friends with louis and, yeah um and I got to go, I get like to park out front, a little coned up parking spot and, and uh, just had a great, I, I opened with thank you for coming to my show <laughs> and that crushed and I just was loose and he, he liked me so much that kind of in passing at the end, because the first time it was kind of all business and was yeah. very little interaction. Um, but he actually, th- I think heard me this first time and then like on his way out, he was like, we're going to do this tomorrow. Are you free? And I was like, "Yeah." I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's plenty
0: cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah.
1: We'll, sh- we'll do it in a theater yeah. tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And so we do it in the Somerville theater, movie theater. I go, went to like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to watch movies. Uh-huh. You know, it's like <laughs> a thousand people and it's packed and just throwing heat and just leveling and feeling like, well, there's no way this gets better. Yeah. And uh and I never did. <laughs> and and then he gave me great advice afterwards. It's uh nice wisdom that I I keep locked away inside and uh, Okay. And then uh you know, a few few months later, I moved here and and then about I think about a year after that the story came out about how he was you know, so many adult women had the same story of this guy kind of just would it, you know, Pretty quickly undress and masturbate and all that other stuff, and uh, it does make them not funny, uh, yeah. All the stand ups still very funny, but it's it's definitely sad to hear that uh, so many people felt so unsafe and yeah, and uh, scared, and, yeah. And so it was like that was my highest, right? And then hearing that, I was like, oh, the the guy I idolized, right, uh, really bummed some people out by being a, a pervert. Right, and um, and it's not somebody I I, I feel like I lost uh I lost somebody that I really looked up to and modeled after and identified oh, yeah. with I, and
0: a lot of people
1: and uh and I don't want to get into like oh, who did what, what did really was it really bad I think, yeah I'm mean, yeah, like yeah. I, at the end of the day I think it is and I don't I don't really want to be involved in yeah it, but,
0: but that was a pretty solid credit though. This is the uh, fucking
1: it opened so many doors. Yeah. So many people were like, I heard you about Louis. Would you do this show? I mean, I made I made money just by doing that. Yeah. Definitely doors open for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: A whole audience's rooms that would suck. You know, nightmare knife fight right. rooms that no one's paying attention. They go, This next guy, he just opened for Louis. K. Everyone goes, shh, 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 oh, oh Yeah,
0: oh, yeah.
1: Oh, oh, Louis openers here. I was like. I was royalty. He was Carlin. Right, right, right. He was fucking prior. Right. He was the guy. Yep. For two, three years. Mm hmm. And, uh, and I got to be a part of it at the best part. And I was like, fucking A. Yeah. And, uh,
0: you know, well, white guys are bad. You know, I've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> we you know, both. It's just, know. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's another example. Yeah. That's, uh, dude, that's good, man. That's, uh, uh, that's good so i still have i mean there's been like i did the todd glass show and that was amazing i loved your episode it was a good I think episode I've told you
1: this i called you about it yeah and complimented you and told you how wonderful you were and i i know that show is just such chaos
0: it's pretty chaotic uh and i was in the midst of uh figuring out you know uh what addiction to marijuana is looks like <laughs> and uh <laughs> So, like, yeah, I, I it's mean, it's like ADD and marijuana mixed together. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I have since, you know, cut back, uh, you know, significantly. I stopped smoking about, you know, six, eight months ago, something like that. And, uh, trying to figure out how to, you know, just be a weekend smoker or whatever. I'm still figuring that out, but, uh, uh I haven't taken the plunge back in too much. Uh, I've done, I've smoked once since then. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, it was, that was awesome. I was so excited about that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean there's that's one of the things that uh who did he sexually? assault? <laughs> you know what that's so funny that you that you bring that up because it's like Todd is one of those guys cuz we we I've talked about him uh with you know my buddies or whatever and uh cuz you listen to the show and he's obviously hilarious and he's a great guy and he will go on these rants that are like kind of like like super woke and like super like and it's just like Todd. Nobody's coming after you, buddy. Like, <laughs> like, stop it. Just you know, be goofball. You know, just do. You know, be be yourself. You don't have to do that. Like everybody, nobody thinks you're a bad dude.
1: Do you know what it? I think it's the ends of the spectrum of a comedian, right? Because we can take being silly that other end mm-hmm. that's far to the the left. That's so 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 deep in the wrong direction. Oh yeah. Uh, when we want to be that silly, yeah. And then when the thing we're serious about comes up, we can run just as far the other way. Oh, yeah. To that, like, like uh, that really, that's that's my biggest thing is I find myself, when I'm having the worst time ever, I have to just stop myself and say, I think you're getting a little too serious, Gary.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're getting
1: a little too serious. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, dude, the other part, the brain jail that I do with with Ben and Jace, like, I mean, sometimes we get into some areas that I am so uncomfortable with. But I'm just like yes, anding the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I, sometimes I'm bringing it up, you know. But just because, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'll play, I can play in this playground, no, yeah. no problem. And then, uh, you know, it, it, then at the end of the podcast, I was like, well, like, so I feel bad, you know. And then it's like, <laughs> after a while, you know, it's just like, okay. Are we getting too serious. Are we getting too serious here. It's like, well, that's too silly. Like it's too that was too aggressively potentially uh, harmful, uh, you know. And then, well, that's it, yeah. it's like always trying to find that that line or whatever. I don't know. It's I've always struggled with guilt, and so it's like i it's just feeling guilty about whatever it happens to be, the flavor of the moment. Um, so sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not being funny enough. Other times it's like, oh, you're you're not being serious enough. You I, know, I you know what I
1: I had a perfect example of this of like running in a direction that we just you might feel bad about.
0: Oh please, this girl we're sort of friends this is uh your sexual assault uh <laughs> apology <laughs> we were good friends uh we were drinking uh, <laughs> keep going I'm sorry <laughs> case in point
1: um she was a very serious person too but we had great conversations I was maybe 22 23 she's younger she's like twenty and uh she's taught talk- I was just talking like um, we're talking about limits in language. I was like, oh, I just remember having a great discussion once about like words you can't say and words you can. And she's like, Yeah, like I just think the, the C word, there's just never an excuse to say it. And I said, Yeah, I, I've never said that word in my life, unless the waitress forgets my English muffins. <laughs> And I say, where the fuck are they, you, you dumb cunt? <laughs> and she goes, You said that? It's <laughs> <I was laughs> like, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so wrong. Why would I ever I'm saying it because you just said not to say exactly. that ever. Exactly. And I'm saying it because it like you and you and she laughed at it. And I right. was like,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a dumb thing to say. Well, me, I, that, I think that is the uh, that is the hand on the stove that every comedian uh, falls prey to. Is like I, I had Bruce on this podcast for the first episode, and we were talking about how his dad uh, will say the N word to make people laugh. Sometimes, like he'll walk up to a table <laughs> of white people and be like, "What's up? <laughs> What's up, my N words?" <laughs> like, Jesus, uh, and and uh, and I. That's a
1: great line.
0: I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those things like because we were talking about it and it's just like, you know, I I don't agree. I, you know, it's not a word that I say. It's not something I get upset when people say it as a joke, which is honestly the only I, unless it's some stranger on a street or in a movie. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it hatefully in person. Uh and I'm maybe I'm just a, at a point of privilege or whatever, or maybe I was around too many buff black dudes for that to be a possibility. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's always been I, mean, I always get a little flustered with it and I'll mm-hmm. you know be like, Hey, could we stop? Could you not do that? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, around and uh but it's like it's one of those things as a comedian. If you tell us to not say something, it's gonna be the thing that we're gonna wanna say. You yes. know? Uh, even if it's the worst possible thing in the world. So then that it's like one of those things where it's just like, well, this one we can be okay with, you know, not. We got that. We I think we got the message loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can't? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean take it easy, there yes. you go, broad. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> you uh, won the World Cup. Yeah. Enough. Well, I just showed you that clip of the the 48 hour film festival mm-hmm. thing that I did. And and uh <laughs> So the my the idea of the character was a, it's a guy who's running a speed dating thing for money. Conscious coupling. <laughs> yeah, it was called conscious coupling. And at one point, like because I'm just I'm improvising the whole thing. So I have to make up the concept, who it is, like whatever. And my buddy um um my buddy Brandon, who's one of the, the guys in the the deal, who's a, a good friend of mine. We've been friends for a long time. He's like, I love he's like, You used to do this thing where you'd be like, Man, I'll tell you, you know. <laughs> I mean, heroin, <laughs> crystal meth—that stuff's easy to kick. Easy, I kick <laughs> it's nothing. The thing that real get you is a hardcore pornography. I'll tell you right now. You wanna, you wanna look at an addiction that will just grab you by the throat is that hardcore stuff. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, I love that character, so he's, I'm like, okay, I'll do that guy. And so we're like, you know, doing our lines or whatever. And I keep making the guys laugh, which makes me feel like a million bucks. But at the same time, I'm like, we gotta have a clean take, please. Um, but I tell the guy, he's like, I was like, man, he's lamenting about an ex-girlfriend or whatever. And just like, ah, oh, yeah, I bought a ring and everything. I'm like, brother, I've been there, man. I had a ring too. You know, I was so heartbroken. I chucked that thing into the Indian ocean. You know, It was a family heirloom and, and whatnot. And I, the only thing I can tell you is to join the armed forces, you know, because if you get your life at risk. And this is where I, I saw people like gasp. I go, you get your life or risk. They'll forget about some dumb old bleeder over there. And this, the, the girl's eyes get big. Everybody laughs, you know. And then it's like, uh, so they're like, everybody's laughing. So I'm like, I'm going to try that one again. So I do it again. He's like, okay, maybe try a different line. And so then it's like, I'm like a dirty old skank over there. And I'm like, oh, that, that works. That's better. <laughs> But I was just like, "Come on, Bleeder's Such a good—that's such a creative insult for like a piece of crap uh, mm. asshole guy to to bring up and like an older guy or whatever." And everybody's like, "That's mm, a little
1: That's a little bit. We don't want letters."
0: Yeah, I'm like, "You want you want the buzz. Get the buzz about the short film. If they want
1: buzz. They don't want the fire."
0: Yeah, yeah. That's seriously, why. they're boring. boring. Boring, boring people. Yeah.
1: Every, everybody that's not a comedian is. Boring. Yeah.
0: The other the other thing was that that in little in credit or whatever. It's my buddy Kenny, who's a black guy, is walking out with this uh Kia who's a white girl, and and uh and I just go, uh, ten minutes of passion for a lifetime of regret. Oh, there you go, beautiful, get after it. And my buddy Kenny goes, he's like, Man, I thought you were gonna do some racial stuff. I was kind of bummed out. (laughs) It's like like what? I'm like, you're doing Dr. King proud, my brother. Like, hey, there it is. And he'd be so happy right now. Uh and uh yeah so everybody it's it's so funny because it's like the thing that people are it'll kind of like takes it to the next level is also the thing of humor is also the thing that's like hey don't please don't don't say that (laughs) like don't we have to ignore that he's a black guy all right please ignore that we can't bring it up in the short film all (laughs) right uh it's uh i i'm always in trouble i always get in trouble with that stuff but uh but yeah i want to touch the stove Let's touch a stove together. You know, let's go uh, get something that's been, that a, a burger that's been on the stove and then taken off and then put in our mouths.
1: Burger. Burger. <laughs> the whole night. <laughs> I don't know that song. <laughs> it's an old sweet sandwich. It's got burgers on my mind. It's <laughs> burgers <laughs> on my <laughs> mind. I said a burger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, uh, is there anything uh anything that you want to plug uh for the the consistent 76 listeners?
1: Uh just check out when we drop it the um altered states with Jimmy and Gary. Check that shit out. Altered
0: states with Jimmy and Gary. And Gary, what's your uh your uh, Twitter handle?
1: I think it's at comedy Gary P. Uh, think because no one can spell Peterson right.
0: So at Comedy Gary P. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, am at Kevin Tinken. That's T I E N K E N because of Germany. And uh, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we kept a little serious on this one and it felt good. Yeah. It was good.
1: You wanted authentic. Yeah.
0: I like the authenticity. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, do you want
1: to go to, out in a song? I'm a big believer in music.
0: I mean, we could, I'm sing- down.
1: What, what do you know? You, you mentioned
0: uh i mentioned uh uh who did i mention the other uh earlier you
1: mentioned michael mcdonald, michael and I, McDonald. I made it but i don't know
0: his <laughs> you don't know any she had a play in his life, and he, uh, re, 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 i don't even know the lyrics and he rises to her apology. I got to I do a little Michael McDonald impression on a me and Ed's local pizza commercial oh, <laughs> recently, d- which is I know. pretty great.
1: I like that song. Such a long way to go. Such a long way to go. Yeah, that song.
0: Make it to the border of Mexico. Mexico. Ride, Ride like the wind. Ride, Ride like, like the, the wind. wind. Well.
1: Christopher
0: Cross, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I, I will tell you this.
1: Uh, we'll tell you <laughs> this.
0: If, uh, yeah, uh, uh, when you get caught between the moon and New York City, I know this is crazy, but it's true. <laughs> Boy, I can't remember you get caught the moon and You know that song? Mm-mm. Or Arthur's song. I'll play it for you in the car. Uh, well, thanks for joining us on uh, this episode of Oh Hey. Uh, Please uh, send me an email at kevinjtinkin at gmail.com or neckneat at gmail.com, which is my name spelled backwards because I'm a badass nerd. Uh, Hit me up. Oh, hey, Gary Peterson, I love you. I appreciate you.
1: Muscle time. A (laughs) muzzle.